You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So this morning I'm going to be finishing off um, our sort of mini-series um, that we've been doing on Philippians, the just sort of the last section of Philippians. And we, we had a little break from it last week with our summer celebration and barbecue and... That was really nice. Thanks, Mark, for the barbecue. That was nice. I like that. And um, so we're going to be finishing that off um, off this week. So we'll be, we've been looking at um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13, and I'm going to be looking at that last chunk this morning. Um, there's lots in that, this passage, as we've seen, and we'll be. I'm just going to read through the, the whole thing, that whole section, just to sort of get our, our minds and our, our hearts in focus this morning. So... Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So today we're looking at those last three verses, 10 to 13, and I think they were up there on the screen a second ago. I don't know if you can see that at all, but probably can't read most of that. It's like one of those um, things that you ever done an eye test. (laughs) Right, so we've got an eye test scripture on the screen there. So let's see how well we can do. Um, I made it on my computer screen. I thought it looked fine, but I didn't test it. Never mind. So... The, what we're going to be looking at, or the title that I'm, that I'm looking at, is You Can Do It. I think we saw that a little bit earlier. You Can Do It. And, and this section contains one of the most famous verses in Philippians. Maybe one of the most famous verses in, in Paul's letters. Maybe in the New Testament. Maybe in the whole Bible. Maybe it's one of those verses that you've, that you've clung on to over the years or, or sort of uh, thought about. There's, there's so many sermons that have been spoken about about this passage, many songs even that have got sort of um, themes or allusions to this, this, um, these verses in there. But I want us to take a fresh look at this passage and, and to say, have we, have we taken on board the full extent of these verses? Have we taken on board everything that we, that we think that this is saying? Have we really understood it? And, and if we have, have we applied it to our own lives? Um, but before before we go into that, I want to share with you a little video to 
hopefully set the tone for, for the building of faith that I want to do with us this morning. So we're going to watch a little video for a couple of minutes. talk about like when I started you know going to school and stuff a lot of people put me down you know what I mean like people tease each other I mean people come up and say hey oh you know you're too short you're too tall you look whatever different hair and all that it doesn't matter when you're growing up in life it actually sort of matters to people how you look and then it matters to you because it matters to others why why does it matter how you look because if they don't like you then who will if they don't accept you then who will and the fear that we have is that we're going to be alone that we're not good enough and you know we have to change ourselves and, you know so many people put me down and say nick you look too weird and no one's really a friend and you can't do this and you can't do that and i couldn't change anything it's not like just fixing my hair one day and everything's fine it's not like you know just whatever i couldn't change my circumstance I couldn't just one day wake up and say, hey, give me arms and legs, I need arms and legs. But it was so hard because people put me down. And I started believing that I was not good enough. I started believing that I was a failure. That I'd never ever be somebody who people would like or people would accept. And it was so hard, man. I thought to myself, I, you know, I can't go on, the, go on the soccer field like everybody else. And I can't ride my bike and I can't skateboard and all these sort of things. And I started getting depressed. I thought, what kind of purpose do I have to live? I mean, do you, are you just here to live, to die? I mean, is there not a purpose for me? Is there not a purpose in life? And I had questions and no answers. And I asked my mom and dad, why did this happen? I asked doctors, why did this happen? And they, they don't know. There are some things in life that are out of your control that you can't change and you got to live with. The choice that we have though is either to give up or keep on going. I want to ask you, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe in yourself? Are you going to believe everybody else's judgment on you? Are you going to believe people when they say that you're a failure? And no one really likes you, no one really cares about you. And it's not really to say that, hey, you need someone to come up and say, hey, really, I, I like you, I care about you. No, it's not that, but it's the fact that people put you down. People don't even look you in the eye. People ask you how you are and you say fine, but you're not fine and they'll, know, they'll never know that. I tell you, life is interesting. Life's a journey. So what do you do when you fall down? Get back up. Everybody knows to get back up. But I tell you, there are some times in life where you fall down and you feel like you don't have the strength to get back up. I'm down here, face down, and I have no arms, no legs. It should be impossible for me to get back up. It should be impossible for me to get back up, but it's not. You see, I will try 100 times to get up, and if I fail 100 times, if I fail and I give up, do you think that I'm ever going to get up? No. But if I fail, I try again, and again, and again. For as long as I try, there's always that chance of getting up, and it's not the end until you've given up. And just the fact that you're here should persuade you that you have another chance to get back up. There's still hope. 
I'm not here today to tell you that I understand your pain. I don't know how it feels to be abused. I don't know how it feels. I don't know how it feels. But I know how it feels to have a broken heart. And I know how it feels to be alone. But I just want you to know that it's not the end. It matters how you're going to finish. Are you going to finish strong? And you will find that strength to get back up. Pretty uh, heavy stuff. I don't know if you ever come across uh, that guy before in any of his um, videos or or ministry or all that kind of stuff. He travels all over the world and um, and preaches the gospel to people and, and shares. Um, his story, and the and the things that have happened in in his life, and the the thing, the the lot that he's been dealt in life, sort of thing, the hand that he's been dealt, and 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 shares um, shares the gospel through that. It's pretty incredible. You know, I want us I want us to build faith this morning. I want to build faith in us this morning. I want to build a faith that says you can do it. I want us to fully get the context of, of this passage and, and really start to apply it to our lives that, that you can do it. Are we ready for that? Are we ready for that? Yeah, good. It matters how you finish. That was the, that was the message right on, on the end of that video there. You, you, can get, you can get back up. It matters how you finish. And so... In this, in this passage in Philippians, Paul starts off by, in verse 10 by saying, he rejoiced greatly that the church in Philippi had given him this financial gift. They'd, they'd given him a gift to help him along with his ministry. But then he goes on to qualify it and he says, basically he says, you know what, I'm not saying this because I need more or I need you to give me more or, or anything like that. In fact, I've actually learned to be content in whatever situation that I'm in. Whatever situation I find myself, I've learned to be content. You know, we all face different situations in life, don't we? I, I don't know your situation, and, and perhaps you don't know mine. And there's, there's elements of, of all of our own stories that, that are very personal and very, very private. And none of us can say with any conviction that we fully understand the situation of, of any other individual. Even the person you may be married to or the person you spent sort of your whole life with or, or your, your parents or your, your children, you, you may not still understand fully the situ their situation and everything that they're, they're going through. I know as part of my role um, down in Brighton, I, I work as a community chaplain. And so I see um, all sorts of people in the community and and all sorts of different situations that on the outside you may not realize what, what these people are, are going through, but there's, there's loneliness, there's addiction, there's, there's health issues that are, that are really severe, that are isolating people. And, and, and I am privileged to get a glimpse into some of those situations and some of those life situations that people have to, have to go through on a day by day basis. But you might not know it from the outside. You might pass someone in the street and not notice. You, maybe, maybe they're hiding the situation that they're facing, but inside there's this real 
inner turmoil, there's this real battle going on inside. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're sitting there and, and thinking, hold on, that's me. That's, that's speaking into my situation. You know, Paul, when he, when he wrote this letter, he was, he was in prison. He was in chains. Not the kind of place that you usually associate with contentment. At least I wouldn't. And yet somehow he was able to write that he'd found contentment in any and every situation. How many of us can say that we found contentment in any and every situation? I'm not going to do a show of hands on that one. It's, it's easy, isn't it, to, con- to claim that we're, we're content when everything's going well. You've got the house, you've got the car, you've got the job, you know, you've got the family. Everything's going all right. But Paul said, you know what? My life isn't going the way that I thought it necessarily would be. I didn't envisage being in chains. In fact, I had it all as, as far as everyone thinks and as far as the world goes. He says in, in chapter three, he lists this, this, the way that his life was. And he says, he has this bunch of reasons to find confidence in, in the flesh. He's, he's from the tribe of Benjamin. He, he's the Hebrew of Hebrews. He was circumcised on the eighth, eighth day, an Israelite. He, in regard to the law, he was a Pharisee. In regard to zeal, he persecuted the church. In regard to righteousness, according to the law, he was faultless. In other words, he had it all together. He was the man to look up to. If you were a Jewish man in that day, Paul looked like he, he's got it all together. He's got it all sorted. He was respected. But in comparison to knowing Christ, he says all that stuff is worthless. All that stuff is useless. Maybe you found yourself in that situation. Maybe you've found that on the outside, you looks like you have it all. You've got it all together. Everything is going for you, but you know what? If, if you don't know Christ, you don't know hope. If you don't know Christ, you have no confidence in the future and what's going to come and what's going to happen. But for those of us who do know Christ this morning, Paul says, let's boast in him. He's the one in whom we place our trust. In, he's the one in whom we have our faith and our confidence. All that other stuff is, is useless in comparison to knowing Christ. Christ is, is, is our reality. He's the one in whom we find our security and our identity. So where, where do you place your trust? Where is your confidence? Let me encourage you to place your trust in Christ. Whatever your situation, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, whatever thing that happens to you that is not something that you could even do anything about, or you find yourself and you're just in this situation and, and you don't know where it's come from or, or why it's happening, but put your trust in the Lord. The Bible says, doesn't it, and, and we may have, those of us who've grown up in a Sunday school or something like that may have known this as a, as a memory verse, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Paul goes on and he says, I know what it is to have plenty and I know what it is to be in need. Well fed or hungry. And he says he knew the secret of being content. 
the secret of being content in any and every situation. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be good if we knew the secret this morning? What's, what's the secret to being content? Maybe you can see where I'm going with this. Maybe, maybe we might open that up a little bit. Paul says, and this is, this is what he's saying when he hits Philippians 4.13, he says, the secret, you want to know the secret? Well, he says, I can do all of this through Christ who strengthens me. All of this I can do through him who strengthens me. That's the secret. You know, when, when we forget who we are in Christ, we start trusting in those things. Oh, have you, you've seen the picture? You've seen the picture? Yeah. When, when you're in a pickle, you can trust, you can trust in Christ. That was, my, that was my joke to go along with that picture. So anyway, there we go. We've gone off track now. We've gone, gone slightly. Anyway, when we, when we forget who we are in Christ, we start trusting in those things of the flesh. The things that the world tells you about yourself. When you open the magazine or you look on, online or you, you read something or you, you, you turn on the TV, the world tells you you should be a certain way. You should do a certain thing. You know, you should care what people think about you. You should buy the latest anti-aging cream. I recommend Ole myself, but <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you need the latest fad diet. You, you, you need that promotion. You need that new car. You need the job that comes with a, with a free car, maybe. You need the bigger house. You need the, the 4K TV. The Olympics is coming up, so you need to watch that in ultra high definition. That's what we're told, isn't it? You, you need to buy. You need to look for approval from people. You need, you need likes on your posts on the internet. Whatever it is, Whatever it is, what, what defines you? Because, you know, I have a God that says, you don't need that to get you through. You don't need all that stuff to get you through. You can do it through me, through God, through Christ. And you can do it through his strength. That's what he says. See, we don't need that stuff when we know who we are in Christ. When we know our identity, when we know who God has made us to be and called us to be. We don't need that stuff. Because it's Christ who gives us strength. Nothing else. And whatever situation you face, you can get through it. You can get to the other side because all the while, Christ is strengthening you. And that's what Paul's saying. You know, verse 13. Verse 13 is one of the most misquoted and misused verses, I think, in the Bible. I've not got like um, a footnote with that, Tom, to, to say that. But you know, this is what I think it is. It's taken out of context. It's, it's, it's misused. And, and I want us to be clear on, on what it says and what it doesn't say. But I want us to know that we can use it when we face situations, good or bad, and, and God can get us through it. And I, I want to make, if, the, if it's all right, I want to make a couple of points. Um, just one about translation and one about context, if that's all right with you. So bear with me. We'll not go too deep into the Greek or anything like that. So we'll, we'll be all right. But hopefully this will make it a bit clearer for us. See, the New Testament was written in, in Greek. And in the ancient Greek language, sometimes we have words and phrases that don't fully translate well into English. And, and that's, just, that's just how it is. The languages work in a different way. Um, and so 
you may have noticed it, that in your version of the Bible or, or in the version of the verse that you remember or that you've seen before, it might say the phrase, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I've got up on the screen there, I've got, I can do all this. Well, how does that work? How have I, have I, have I changed the words? What's, what's going on? Is it heresy? Interestingly, there's a difference. And the, the NIV that I'm using this morning uses the word, the word this. And I, I quite like that translation, and I'll explain why. There's a fairly simple reason. In the Greek, we have this word for every or all. It's a really simple word, which is pronounced pas, P-A-S. Really simple, three letters, three-letter word, pas. Okay, and that means every or all. But in the Greek, there's this complication. Because the, the Bible doesn't say specifically what the every or all refers to. In fact, in Greek, there's no word for the word things. That it's not something that, that is there. So whenever you get the word pass, every or all, you won't get the word things after it. What that means is, or how it's translated is, it comes from the surrounding context in, in the words of the, of the scripture. So as, you, um, as you're writing your, your Greek, you're writing your Greek letter down, you don't need to say what every or all is because, we, because me as a Greek reader would know what the surrounding context means that to refer to. Are we following that? Does that make some sense? And so it's a very normal thing that we don't have the word things. And it's a very normal thing that the NIV has gone for the word this. And the, the reason that it's, that, it's said the, that it's gone for the word this is quite simple. It's because it comes from the context of what Paul's saying. So what, what's Paul saying around the context? And that leads me on to when we talk about context. What is clear is that Paul doesn't mean everything ever. You can do anything. Just, you know, if you pluck that verse out of, out of thin air, you pluck it out of its surrounding context, and you go, right, okay, Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, Nick on the video mentioned that he couldn't just get arms and legs. And he actually mentions in, in other videos and other stories, he prayed night and day for, for arms and legs. And it, it didn't happen. So what does this verse mean to, to someone like Nick? If he prayed for it and it didn't happen, does he not have enough faith? Does he need to stand stronger on that verse? Or, or is there something else going on? Because this, this can actually rock us, can't it? You know, we can be in a situation where we go, I'm reading this, I can, you know, I'm reading I can do all things, but I can't do it. I, it's, it's, not, it's not happening for me, so maybe I just need to have more faith and more faith. And, and, but what if it never happens? What if it never comes? What if you're in that situation and there, and there really is no resolution to that situation this side of eternity is it because we've not got enough faith or are we are we misunderstanding what what paul's saying are we misunderstanding what god's telling us through the scriptures the niv gives us this sense that i can do all this 
And so the this, the word this, means that we need to go digging in the context a little bit, which is fun. I promise you. What does Paul mean? What's the statement that he's making? How can I apply it to my own life? What's the exact kind of in interpretation that we mean um, that we need to watch for and warn against? Uh, what happens when God doesn't deliver on the, all this that we're, that we're thinking that he's going to deliver on? The, the context that we're looking at, there's two kinds of contexts that we'll, that we'll look at, that which I've spotted my global university students in the room, so we know what we're looking at. We're looking at the, um, if I can find it on my page even, the literary context and the sociological context. This is, this is for these guys who've done the global university stuff with me. In other words though, what does the Bible say and what was going on at the time? Two little simple things that we can look to when, we, when we're not sure of this, in this situation. So let's have a look. First of all, Paul, who wrote this letter, was in prison. We've mentioned before, he was, he was in a place of, of, of chains at the time of writing this. He'd been locked up because of his beliefs and the fact that he was preaching the gospel to people. It didn't look like everything was going to plan. And maybe he didn't have enough faith. Maybe that was the problem. Or maybe something else is going on in this verse. Maybe God had a plan in that situation. You know, if, if, if Paul's written this verse and he, he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, shouldn't he just rebuke the jail and, and just, you know, if he has enough faith and, and the jail will just open? And, and we know there's, there's that story of that happening, but in, in this situation, he's, he's found to be in prison and, you know, why is, not, why is God not doing it this time? And secondly, we can look into the, what the text around the verse says. Paul tells us in the context, whatever situation I'm in, whatever situation I've learned to be the secret to being content is being in Christ. Knowing Jesus, trusting in him, he gives me the strength to get through all these things. It's he gives me the strength to get through it. Whatever situation I find myself in, I can get through it. I can do it. I can get to the other side because of God's strength, because of who Jesus is, and because he strengthens me. Not that every situation is going to change. Not that everything's going to get better and everything's going to be magically fixed and everything that you're facing is going to be sorted out just overnight. But actually that in the situation you find yourself, there's a God that can get you through. There's a God that says, come on, you can do it. Who walks beside you and says, come on, you can do it. You can get through to the other side. You know, I don't trust in who the world says that I am. I need to trust in Jesus. That's what Paul's saying here, and that's where I want faith to rise in each one of us. Paul gives us the context, he gives us the, all this for his life. But what's yours? What's, what's your all this? 
What is it in your life that, you've, that you're facing that you can't find a way out of? What area of your life are you holding on to and saying, ah, actually, that's a little bit too much for God? Or I need to deal with this situation. What is the all this situation in your life? What area of your life are you finding that you're discontent, that you're not happy, that you're not finding contentment in Christ? Turn it over to God. Turn it over to the God who says that you can do it, that he gives you the strength to get through it. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. Give it to God. You may find yourself in a good place, emotionally, financially, in your family, in your workplace. Or you may find yourself in a place of deep, intense struggle. Or you may be somewhere in between. You might have days that are great and days that are, that are awful. You may be looking at this situation or that situation that you're facing or, or that your family is facing and thinking, there's no way out of this. I can't find a way to fix this. But there's a God that says you can do it and that you can be content in all situations, whether well-fed or hungry, whether rich or poor. You know, this is what Paul's saying here. But, you know, you might say to me this morning, Chris, you don't understand. You don't know. You, if, you, if you knew the situation I was going through, if only you knew what I'm facing right now. Well, you know what? I don't. I don't know, but God does. And it's him who gives you strength. You know, if you're, looking, if you're looking to me to tell me your situations and hoping I'll give you some strength, keep looking because I ain't going to be able to do it. But there's a God who can, and there's a God who does. Now, you can stand there and rebuke the situation, or you can stand there and, and use... This, this scripture against the situation that you're in and, and it might not change. Nothing might happen. What if nothing changes? What if the situation doesn't get better? You know, Paul went, eventually went as a prisoner. He went to Rome and he was killed. And it's a pretty tough end to the situation that he was in. It really doesn't look like the situation got a whole lot better at the end, does it? If anything, it got worse. So, so what do we do with that? How do, how, do we, how do we read these verses? How do we apply them to our lives? You know, is Paul, is Paul telling the truth? You can learn the, the secret of contentment in all situations through trusting in Christ that he can get you through that actually you can do it and we, we can't do it on our own we can't get through it on our own but in our weaknesses God is our strength you know in our discomfort who's our comfort? it's God in our poverty God is our wealth God's the one that we look to. In our defeat, God is our victory. We sung before, didn't we? You are strong in my brokenness, sovereign over every step. 
And it's precisely because of his victory over sin and death that we have life. That we can live and that we can declare that it's Christ's strength that can get us through. It's in his death that we can boast. That we can say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Incidentally, the same writer, same writer Paul in Galatians said that. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Is it any wonder that he can say that, that God, that Jesus is his strength in, in all these times? He can get through all these situations through, through Christ who strengthens me. Is it any wonder that it's the same writer who says that? You just look, if you just read through Paul's letters and, and look at all the places that he talks about being in Christ. And this is a man who's sold out for, for this situation. He knows what it is to be in Christ. He knows what it is to trust in Christ in every situation. And he knows what it is to, to find that sometimes, you know, things don't go right. Things don't go the way that he's expecting, but he knows with all his heart what it is to be in Christ. And that's the kind of faith that we need to have. That's the kind of trust that we need to have. That's why he can say, imitate me, copy what I'm doing. If you've seen something good in me, do it, do it the same way because he knows what it is to be in Christ. He knows what it is to be a new creation. You know, we don't trust in the way of the world, do we? Don't, we don't trust in any patterns of, of this world because the things of this world are futile. They pass away. But God's victory stands forever. Jesus stands victorious over the grave, doesn't he? And he calls us into his loving arms and, and says, you can do it. I'm right here. I, I mean, what's, I've defeated death. That's gone. That's finished with. And I'm right here saying you can do it. So put your trust in me. Not because of you, not because of what you think you can get out of the situation, but because he lives inside of you. So now, I don't want this to be just head knowledge for us. I don't want this to be just something that's, that's up here and that we go, okay, yep, I can deal with this, this is okay. But I want it to be something that, that travels down to our heart, that actually affects the way that we live, that changes the way that we can apply things like this to our lives. And, Tommy, you the whole band. I'm going to invite the band up. Um, just to just to play a little bit of music in the background and you know I don't know the situation in your life I don't know what's going on and I don't know the difficulties and the trials and the the struggles that you're going through but we have a God who says you can do it and would you stand with me please Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.